The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast belong solely to those expressing them and do not necessarily reflect the OSA Foundation Incorporated or any other group or individual. This podcast may contain dialogue or subject material that could be considered for mature audiences only. All aspects of how you play the game and the OSIP Foundation Incorporated are protected by copyright and other state and federal intellectual property laws. Unauthorized use without the express written consent of the OSIP Foundation Incorporated is strictly prohibited. If you're interested in sponsoring how you play the game, please email us at podcast at osipfoundation.org. Your sponsorship may be tax deductible. Well, it's that time again. No, I didn't forget my anniversary. I always remember it. It's time for How You Play the Game, the official podcast of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. Yours truly, Jack Furlong, with you as we talk to you about what's going on as far as the world of sportsmanship is concerned. This is the second episode of the month of February. The year is 2022. Glad you can all be with us. As always, check us out at osafoundation.org. You can contact the show with the address podcast at osafoundation.org to submit your stories of sportsmanship. You can check us out on social media at facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, hashtag how you play the game. Also, select episodes are available on YouTube. Our apparel store is at Bonfire and our book on sportsmanship, a critical reader and handbook is available now on Amazon in hard, hardback, paperback and Kindle. Joining us today, very special guest. So happy to finally have her on. Been trying to get this happening for a little bit of time now. The marketing manager and business administrator of Umps Care Charities, Ms. Amy Rosewater. Amy, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Um, first and foremost, I'm so happy to finally have you on because I consider Umps Care to be the uh, more mature and better looking older brother of OSIP. So to to have to have you on to talk about uh, the the charity and to <laughs> and to kind of push your programs even more is is a real pleasure for us. For we're going to get into a lot of the programs that that are going on and whatnot. But for our listeners who uh, are unfamiliar, why don't you start by giving us a, a synopsis of Ump's Care, its origins, and what you guys are doing right now. Sure. Um, Rums Care was founded in 2006 through the compassion of the Major League Baseball umpires. And basically what they wanted to do was give back to the community through the game that they love, which of course is baseball, but now it's expanded and we've gotten the attention of, of the NFL and NBA and, and so forth. So we're so excited that they have really led the way and championed this cause um, the original programs were our hospital program where we deliver uh, Build-A-Bears to kids who are undergoing treatment in pediatric hospitals. And that started with one visit of 35, I believe, Build-A-Bears. And today we have delivered more than 18,300. Okay. So it's, it's grown. <laughs> it's been fantastic. And then the other program was started um, with a minor league umpire who happened to be involved in big brothers, big sisters. And he wanted to bring his little to a game. And, uh, that was Samuel Durst, who was our former executive director. And, um, he and Marvin Hudson, who is now an MLB umpire. Um, he asked him, Hey, can I bring my little to a game, a big league game? I'd love to see how that goes. It went fantastic. And now we've had over 8,000 participants in that. Wow. Program. So it's really just little steps. Um, 
And then, of course, we have our official leadership program, which I'd love to talk to you about, uh, which we just launched uh, to train young teens in underserved communities to uh, learn about umpiring, but also in leadership skills. And then we also have our scholarship program, our all-star scholarship program, where we provide $10,000 a year to one child who was adopted later in life. And we mentor them with, uh, in partnership with the MLB umpires and their families through that journey so that they have someone to kind of guide them through college. That's, oh my God, that's so fantastic. We're busy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Will you you take a day off for the love of God? Just, you know, relax. Whenever Saturday comes around for you, sit down, relax, chill, okay? Um, I'm curious, how did you get involved with UMPS Care? So it's kind of a strange career path. I was involved in sports journalism for about 20 years. Okay. Um, And so sports has always been a passion of mine. Um, Sadly, I am a long, um, long time Cleveland sports fan. So I've had a lot to, uh, to lament in my life. You know, they pulled it out for us. Um, but I did cover the Cleveland Indians a little bit and I covered a bunch of, um, you know, local sports as well as other sports, um, Olympics and so forth. And then I, started working for a local charity here in Baltimore where I'm based. And then I got connected with UMPS Care and saw all the great things that they do. And I just love working with our executive director, Jennifer Skolachenko platt and Jennifer Jopling. So with the name Amy, I don't know how I got hired, but <laughs> they two took out of three ain't bad, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and here I am. But I love it because it really meshes two of my passions, which is sports and giving back. Oh, that's 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 so great. And uh, and you said you're men- you're you're in Baltimore. And I know that uh, one of the Jennifers, at least, is on the other side of the country. So you guys are, you know, I understand. I know MLB umpires are working nationwide. Umps Care is also working nationwide. It's not just in one city. It's it's all over the place. You guys are tackling this. Yes, it's a it's a mighty staff of three. And uh, I don't know some days how we how we manage it all. But we we have a lot of fun doing it. And and we have a good team. Well, you know, lots of support. Yes. And and I'm sure a nice bottle of wine doesn't hurt every now. Right. You know, it it certainly helps. And I I promote that for good sportsmanship. (laughs) Um, Let's let's talk about some of the programs that that UMS care takes uh handles uh the official leadership program is is the hot one right now because of how you guys have started it how it has grown into multiple different cities uh the 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 current and former umpires who are involved um why don't you talk a little bit about where the official leadership program is going and and where you hope to eventually get it to be yeah i'm so glad you brought it up because we are so excited about this um During the pandemic, we really sat down and thought about what our programs were all about. And we thought, you know, there's this huge shortage in officials. Mm -hmm. And as you know, um, sportsmanship has kind of had taken a deep dive in in our society. Reach into the choir. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So 
it's been, we kind of thought about what can we do to be part of the solution? Mm -hmm. Um, And we know that teens are not going into umpiring. They all think they're going to be the next Mike Trout, which God bless them. I love it. But but we, we know that that, that's few and far between mm-hmm. and to stay within the sports world um we thought of this program and we really we worked with the baseball hall of fame on the educational curriculum we worked with other educators we talked to umpires we i mean we really ran the gamut of how to put this together and work with the signers and what really was needed and um this program really it launched this past summer mm-hmm in Washington, D.C., Houston, and New York. And then we just added Philadelphia in the winter. Um, And that was our largest program. We had about 20 students involved in that, and that was super cool. We've had um, umpires, MLB umpires, come in and talk to the kids. So Chris Siegel came by in D.C. Uh, Adrian Johnson met with kids in Houston, and Paul Emmel met with kids, and Dan Iasonia and... Jeremy Rehack okay. all met with kids in um, New York and Chris Conroy, fresh off of his game one World yep. Series, uh-huh. um, got to meet with kids in Philly. So it's really been cool because we have them learning about financial literacy and about leadership skills, but we do it all through the lens of baseball. So we have a class about perseverance and we talk about women and minorities getting involved and and the hurdles they've had to cross and and then we do umpiring mechanics in the field and the cool thing is is like these kids did their umpire mechanics training in the batting cages that bryce harper uses right i mean how cool is that that's pretty neat so it it's it's really um it's been super exciting to see a program kind of come from the infant stages and really impact the community because we're directly connecting them with assigners in the community with the hope of them working games and whether it's for eight-year-olds or whether it's for you know adults or what have you um there's a need and we want them to be trained and we want them to we don't want them to quit after two days we want them to keep going and we know that that's a challenge but we're learning and we're hopefully hopefully expanding this program so as you know, we are always looking for instructors and and uh, guidance and feedback. So please help us. <laughs> oh, you 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 have me at your disposal. And when this pandemic is finally over, oh my God, I'll be <laughs> I'll have a job again. It'll be amazing. Um, the, b- before I get into some of the things that I, I love about that program, the one thing I have to mention before I forget, I love the fact that part of the curriculum deals with these these real world uh, things that, for lack of a better term, they don't teach you this in school. They don't really teach you a lot of financial responsibility in high school. You know, I remember when I was in high school, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know, a, a, a money management class was an elective and next to nobody took it. I took it because I needed something to do. And I, I, I look back on that and I'm like, wow, it's a good thing I took that class. Not a lot of people do that. And this program provides something that I think a lot of these kids will probably look back on and go, wow, that's 
whether I make it as an umpire or not, whether I keep umpiring or not, it doesn't matter. This is so valuable. Right. And I think that's one of the things that kids don't even realize is how much money you can make as an umpire or an Mm -hmm. official or referee or so forth. And, and that you can, you know, come home with like a couple hundred bucks, if not more, you know, over a weekend. And, and also you're enhancing your own understanding of the game. Right. So you're making money, you're learning more about the game, you're getting experience and making contacts. And, you know, for high school kids, I have uh, one daughter in high school, in high school, one daughter in college, you know, it's not easy to get good jobs. And these are great jobs. And I understand that there's, you know, the parents and the coaches and uh, outside influences, but what a, what a great way to spend your summer. Um, and you're kind of your own boss. Yes. Yes. I, I can speak from 15 years of experience that when you, when you officiate sports at this level, uh, throughout, you know, the, the, the year and the season, uh, it's a, it's a nice chunk of change and it helps you keep, keep involved in the game you love. And it doesn't hurt when it comes to the exercise too, you know? So I definitely trick myself into exercising by, by umping games. And I know a lot of it is stationary, but when you, when you finish the game in the middle of July and you're sweating, you're like, Oh yeah, I just ran a mile. This is fine. You know, um, 10,000 steps right oh, there. Absolutely. Where the fit- I know we tell the umpires don't wear watches on the field, but Fitbits are fine. You know, get the, you're getting squats and you're doing everything. It's, Trust me, right. I've never been wrong before. Okay, um, talk to me about the the sportsmanship angle of this program because at, you mentioned it yourself. the 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 level of sportsmanship uh, in our culture has obviously declined. That's something that we we try and discuss frequently. And I think this program is the product of understanding that the number of officials has declined as well. And, and, you know, there, there is uh, a call to get people to understand we need to do better uh, because we need, we need these officials to stick around. And if we don't treat them properly, uh, we're not going to have officials to, to, to work our games. And, you know, it doesn't matter how many kids we feed into this program, it might be a losing battle. So, so if you could, Talk to us about the sportsmanship aspect. Absolutely. So as the marketing manager for, for Umpscare, I handle a lot of the social media and the, um, the news element mm-hmm. um, of our industry. And every day I get Google alerts about umpires and referees and sports officials and so forth. And at first it was really shocking to me as to how many um, news articles were popping up of, about shortages and umpiring and and problems with parents and coaches and all the the stuff and and now sadly it's almost become routine like yeah. I'm like oh there's another story there's another story and they just kind of keep popping and I think there has to be a level of civility that's reinstated in sports I think that's so important and I think that these kids, when they're learning this, I think they have a newfound respect for what the umpires are doing. I don't think a lot of them even understand when they're playing what the umpires do and how they go about doing their job. And just even telling them, hey, when you go up to the plate 
when you're when you're ready to you know go to the batter's box and you say at your first at bat, "Hey, Blue," or "Hey, yeah. you know, Hey, yeah. Mister So and So," or "Hey, Miss you know Jones," just even acknowledging them is going to make a difference and could give you you know I'm not saying a little advantage, but you know like there's there's some there's some gamesmanship yes. that goes involved in too. And I think that having that relationship, especially if you're a catcher, learning how the umpires situate themselves and kind of working as a team in, in some respects will, will help the game. Um, we see so many people now. I talked to one assigner in, in Arizona who is a former minor league umpire. It, these families come out to Arizona. They spend thousands of dollars on travel. And then they can't get an umpire for the game. And then they complain. And it's like, well, if you weren't yelling at them, yep. you would have a game. So it's it, it's really a problem. And and obviously, it's a huge, huge undertaking for us to try to... to uh, we don't have any fantasies that we're going to make the world a perfect place and peaceful all the time. But we really feel like that we can make a dent in this situation and really help change and enhance those relationships that are part of the game. Um, so we're doing our best. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and, and as a disclaimer, Amy did not write all of the chapters in our book on, um, on sports <laughs> officials, even though what she just said is almost verbatim. So we're all on the same page, <laughs> but it's, it speaks to how, you know, everyone at Ump's Care is just as aware as at every as everyone at OSA that the problems and you know, maybe there's a better word than problems, but for now it's a problem. As as the as the numbers decline, uh, we face them everywhere. It's the same universal thing, no matter you know which angle you take, and and if if we're doing it. And if you're doing it and you're involved with major league umpires, it kind of really reinforces that we, you know, as, as a culture, we kind of have to look at this. And like you said, it's not about necessarily changing the world, but it's more about empowering those who will listen. Would you say? Yeah. And I think it's very interesting to me because, you know, when I first started talking to the uh, major league umpires about this, you know, they said to me, you know, Amy, but I, I don't have to deal with Mike Trout's mom, right? You know, like at the major league level, they have layers of security and there's a, a sense of, I mean, there are issues. Don't get me wrong. Of, there, of course. Yeah. That they will yell and scream and the managers scream at you and so forth. But there is a level of professionalism. They're not worried about certain things. Whereas you could be officiating a game for, you know, 10 year olds, and you're going to the same parking lot and the parents are threatening you or coaches and so forth. And so the issues are a little different. And so one thing that I think is really important for the MLB umpires is that they kind of stand up for the profession, because if they don't recognize the situation, it's going to they're not going to have much of a base to to grow. Yeah. And I think they really anyone who makes it to that level, the 76 guys who are there now, um, they, they earn that spot. Um, whether you agree with how they call a game or not, um, they've, they've gone through and made the sacrifices to get to that level. And, and I will tell you 
that they act professionally and they care about this profession. And I think this program has really resonated with them because we've never done anything that really directly affects umpiring. Right. So this is something that's really new to us at Umpscare. You know, I'm glad you brought that up too, because I think that, you know, we, one thing we talk about is trying to humanize umpires. You know, mm-hmm. you mentioned it a lot in, in what you just said too, in that, you know, you're not, yes, the, the guys you see on TV work in these games, the 76 guys who have full-time jobs are not dealing with Mike Trout's mom. And there is a level of professionalism uh, that, that goes on. But from the, the, the other side of the television, when we're watching, we don't always see it and hear it the same way. What, how would you describe what Ump's Care has done in terms of showing people that these 76 guys, everyone in this profession really, is a human being who, who deserves respect and, and, and just needs to be treated the way that we would treat anybody else rather than just some robot arbiter who must be against us? Right. You know? Right. And it, it's very hard because I totally get the passion that fans have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was watching the Georgia Alabama game and, and calls going either way and, and, you know, people throwing tomatoes at the television and so forth. Right, you yeah. know, I, I get it. Um, but I think what Ums care tries to do is that we try to show that they are human beings. Like mm-hmm. they do take their spare time, which isn't, a lot because right. they're traveling and in and out and they go to hospitals and they're talking to parents of kids who could very well not make it. Yeah. Um, a lot of them don't. And it's very sad and it's very heartbreaking. And they take the time out to spend with these families and they take the time out to talk to teens about, you know, umpiring. I mean, it was really funny to see Chris Conroy, you know, a couple of weeks after working the world series, helping kids get equipment, put on properly, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and, um, you know, I said to him, I was like, this is your bailiwick, buddy. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't do, I, yeah. I'm not an umpire. Um, and you know, they really, they, they have families, they care. Um, we did a big campaign just recently with Trip Gibson, um, following he's from Mayfield, Kentucky. Right. Right. And after the tornadoes hit and just seeing the outpouring of support, um, he's a major league umpire. People don't, normally think of them in the game but here's a guy who was doing something for his hometown and it was really i think that's the purpose of ums care at the end of the day is to show that yeah there's they're calling balls and strikes you might not always agree at how they do it um safe or out but at the end of the day they care about what they're doing and they care about the game yeah and, and, the, and com- the community. Oh, absolutely. Because the whole thing does resonate within the community. You know, the, the, no matter what we think is going on on one field, you know, that, that has a connection to so many different things that we may not see, whether it's a sponsor of a team or the, you know, the people working the, the snack bar or the league, you know, which is right next to, you know, this place in town. You know, like it's, it's very, everything is connected. There's, there's no right. isolation here. Um, right. Let's let's talk about uh, the, the the build a bear program and everything, uh, because I think that that is probably you know pre official leadership program. That's the one that I always see 
on whether it be social media or just news clips, you know, on on local news programs and whatnot. Uh, I think I've even seen it on some major league sites when, you know, when when the umpires would go to the children's hospital while they're in the cities. Uh, That is talk about tugging at heartstrings. You know, uh, the number of of umpires who who give up time to go to these places, spend time with these kids and these families is breathtaking, to say the least. Yeah. Talk to me about about the Build-A-Bear program and everything that they've done with that. Yeah. um, So each year when this is pre-COVID, we would do about 15 to 17 in-person visits at the hospitals. and. When COVID started in March of 2020, we thought, how are we going to do this? We can't bring people into hospitals. And the umpires kept saying to us, we want we want to help. You know, we want to do this. And we don't want these kids who are even more isolated than ever to, to not be able to have some connection with the outside world. Um And so what we did, we had to really be creative, but a lot of the hospitals have access to um, Ryan Seacrest Studios and and, um, something similar to that at other hospitals where they can do Zoom or use iPads. And we had, um, we keep making fun of Chris Siegel and uh, Brennan Miller because they were they were renamed DJ Birdman and <laughs> DJ Brennan Bear uh, with the kids. And they they um, played baseball bingo with the kids. They answered questions, um, told them how they put on their umpire mask and so forth. And, and we still were able to get the Build-A-Bears delivered to the kids. It wasn't the same as having them right. personally deliver them, but we we made sure that that still happened. And like you said, it is such, you know, you see the joy in the kids. You also see it in the parents. Um, they are stuck in the hospitals for a long time. Siblings are stuck. You know, I mean, you know, sometimes you see these kids who are there for several months and you wonder like how the younger kid who isn't having their mom or dad go to their soccer game or what have you, because their brother or sister is being treated in the hospital. And, but the bottom line is that these umpires really, they have come to know this program and look to that date in their calendar and say, I'm looking forward to going to that, you know, and it's a break. It's, you know, a a lot of these guys have kids and families and they get it, you know, they are, they know how lucky they are, a lot of them, and, and some of them have had their own challenges, and they understand it. Um, it's a really, I think that's the program that really, it, it's hard. I, I don't know how they work that night, you know, after yeah. seeing that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great point. You know, I, there's there's part of me that, you know, I think of the empathy that goes into that, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I've got the plate that night, I, I may have to skip out on that just so that I can call a decent game. Otherwise, I'm going to be crying behind the plate and you can't do my job. And which sounds which sounds kind of horrible. But at the same time, it, it, you, you understand what these people are experiencing. So, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and the other thing I like about it, too, is that this is I always look at this as multifaceted in that. OK, so you're you're obviously bringing joy to these kids who are in the hospital and you're, and you're bringing something to the families and the parents and, 
you know, a, a moment of happiness, smile, wh- however you want to describe it. The, the secondary thing that I think means a lot to me as well is, you know, you're, le- you're leaving there knowing that that parent has something in their brain saying, you know, if I see that guy on TV or anything like that, I, I may not agree with the call, but I know he's a good dude, you right. know, and, and, and that's but, but and as funny as that is, that seed means something. You know what I mean? Right. It absolutely does. And and that's the kind of the neat thing is like, you know, when when a Major League Baseball player makes a visit to a hospital, it's obviously very exciting for the yeah. kids to meet that player. Um, they don't necessarily know who the MLB umpires are. And I think that's part of the cool factor for us is that it really doesn't matter if they know who they are or not, but they learn a little bit more about it. They, um, like you said, they see them on TV that night. A lot of the kids we hear back, you know, I turned on the TV and, and watched, you know, Jim Reynolds behind the plate or, or whatever. And, right, yeah. and, and love that. And, and I think that's super cool. Um, but the fact that they aren't like celebrities is kind of neat because the focus is really on them and yeah. the kids and the, um, you know, picking out what, you know, outfit they're going to put on the, on their bear or monkey or whatever toy they, they select. So it's, it really is about the kids. It it speaks to the idea that as umpires, if we, if we don't get noticed, we know we did a good job, <laughs> you know, and it's yeah. the same thing that they may not remember our names when you leave that hospital, but you know that they had a good experience. So it's, it, it's a copy and paste job off the field into into something that really matters a bit more than than the game itself and and that's that's what this is all about um you you you've had not only the 76 major league uh active major league guys working through these various programs you've had minor league guys you know the call-ups who who get involved uh and you have retired umpires who who are still given their time uh talk to us about the, the 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 dearth of help that you get not you know it seems it seems obvious that the the active guys are gonna be doing their part but to have the guys on either extremes retired and haven't even fully made it yet who are just giving and I mean every time I talk to Dale Scott on this podcast he's got an umps care shirt on and he's promoting the brand you know and and I just I just look at it and I go I wish we were on video because yeah. it would be great you know but it's a podcast what do you want Dale you know so <laughs> what what is it about this and and who's helping from these two sides that I mean it's just so wonderful that the intrinsic value brings those people to stay beyond their careers you know it's it's really awesome um and Dale is just a gem I mean oh, yeah. I, I, I don't think he's ever said no to anything that we've asked him and we've asked him to do quite a bit. Um, but I think having Gary Darling mm-hmm. as our president, really um, someone who's so respected spent, I think over like three decades in, in the game right. and, yep. and really keeps up. That's part of what he does as our president is keeping up with a lot of the retired guys. Um, but it is really neat because I think that those guys really miss the brotherhood and the camaraderie that comes with this industry. Right. And whenever we call them, you know, Jim Joyce has been doing a lot with our, you talk about sportsmanship. Oh yeah. Um, 
and he's done a lot with our official leadership program, you know, they, they love being able to stay involved and to give back. Um, and then on, on the other side of the coin are the, the minor league guys and, um, and women, and, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. And, which is very exciting. I yeah. think there's, I just spoke with someone the other day and I think there might be four women at minor league oh, that's fantastic. Uh, baseball, which is really cool. Um, but we started in, I believe 2018 with introducing the triple a markets to our ticket program, where we bring various groups to the ballparks. Right. And in 2019, we had all 30, um, triple a teams wow. uh, participate. Okay. And so we're bringing them along. And I think that's really important too, because when they make that transition to the MLB, they are already aware of what we do. Right. And so they're like, when can we do the hospital visit? When right. do we do all this? They, they get excited and they, they do a lot of fundraising. They usually in a non COVID year, they will do a bowling tournament um, in Arizona and in Florida during spring training. And they, it's, it's really cool to see them get engaged and, and learn about it and see how they can get involved. They're, they're really eager to get involved. Oh, I can imagine. And, and I think the, you know, I see a lot of the, the, the younger guys, uh, draw uh, drawn to the programs where they bring the, the kids to the ballpark, you know, um, you know, and, and you take the pictures, take them into the locker room, do the whole thing and whatnot. Talk about that program a little bit. We, we, we started to talk about it a little bit about, you know, bringing the, the little to, to, to a game. And that has obviously, uh, been also a staple of UMS care to, to get these kids just to come in and it may not be the official leadership program, but again, it's, it's a planting of a seed that can mean so much. Absolutely. And we invite any kind of youth-based organization. Um, so whether it's critically ill children or big brothers, big sisters, or um, reviving baseball in inner cities, uh, it runs a gamut of um, different groups that we invite. And then we also invite uh, military uh, veterans and, and military families. So mm -hmm. groups like the USO will come out. Um, it's typically really small. So it's about six to eight participants per visit, which is really nice because first of all, the umpire's locker room isn't like designed to have, you it's know, practically a closet. Yep. I get it. Yep. <laughs> but they, they do, they do get to go in there. Um, if you're lucky enough to have Jim Wolf as the umpire working the game, he, he loads those kids up with sweets. Like you wouldn't believe oh, that wow. he, he, he yeah. you know, was dumping the gummy bears in, <laughs> into their bags and, and I, I, I feel for the parents who have to deal with the sugar yeah. meltdown. But Which is ironic because Jim Wolf is jacked. Okay. Yeah. He has got guns. So to, to, to say that the, 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 the probably the one umpire that most people would say, yeah, he could work topless uh, is yeah. the one giving the, the, all the candy out is uh, just the yeah. definition of irony when you open the book. Yeah, but yeah the please secret, His yeah. secret is out now. Yeah. But yes, he gives out the most candy by far. Are you insinuating that Jim Wolf could be pre-diabetic? Is that what you're uh, saying? He might, here? He, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go there, but okay. yeah. <laughs> Jim, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Please come on the show to defend yourself, okay? <laughs> and we love, we love that Jim loves the kids, and um, but they get to, you know, they they literally muddy the, the balls so yep. that they're ready for the game. They get goodie bags. Um, they get meal money. Um, we all know that uh, games are expensive, but the the 
truth of it is, is that a lot of these groups, they don't get to go to a big league game, Yeah, you know, because um, it's so expensive and it's, it's usually not something that these families can plan for. And so when we can make it turnkey, they, they, we tell them show up at four 30, meet the umpires, go to the game. It, it, it makes life so much easier for oh, them. Yeah. And, yeah. and they just, you know, it's, it's like you said, planting a seed, you know, for, for someone who might be interested and, and become a fan for life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that is, is always on my mind, it, it's more of a recent thing and it's, it's, it's unfortunate that it has, it has come to this, but um, everything that you have done in uh, the late Eric Cooper's name, uh, I know uh, Jim Reynolds took took a lot of it. I, I remember uh, the 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 day I heard the news in 2019. I remember seeing uh, what everyone was doing at the 2020 World Series uh, and the fact that it continues to um, resonate year after year is, is amazing. Talk to me about all of the events in, in Eric's name. Uh, for for that ump's care handles. Yeah, Coop was really one of a kind, and I I I don't know if there's another umpire out there who was just universally beloved as right. he was, and um, such a shame that he we lost him so young. And his family is just tremendous. Uh, his brother Chad, his parents. Um, they are just amazing. And the Iowa community really pulled together. We had a bowling tournament in his memory. We have named one of our scholarship uh, recipients after um, in Coop's memory. And Chad Cooper actually took Marcus, our, our uh, scholarship recipient, who's at USC in California, um, all around Iowa. So, and, and kind of like big brother, Tim, um, throughout the Iowa bowling tournament week. And um, it's just really neat to see that it's not just like putting his name out there and saying, this is a coop scholarship and, and kind of name plating it. It's, it truly is a family endeavor. They have supported Marcus. They send him care packages. They, uh, you know, contact him and, and it's, it's really neat, but I I think he is one of the, the guys who just, you know, as soon as we heard the news, it was just devastating. Oh, and, absolutely. And yeah. um, the guys really wanted to do something to keep his memory going. And um, yeah, so it, 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 we, we do remember him. Um, I think that it's really special that it, he was actually fundraising for an event for um care when he passed away. Wow. So it really, it hits you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think to, uh, I think about Pat Hoberg when he worked the plate for uh, the Field mm-hmm. of Dreams game. And, you know, Pat's the only other cat from uh, from Iowa and and they gave him the plate and he was wearing, you know, an Eric Cooper wristband and what, I mean, and they talked about it on the broadcast and, you know, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but there were, there were people who were coming in from out of state for the bowling tournament, were they not? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually Gary Cedarstrom, a retired, MLB umpire just drove in and showed really? up. Really? Wow. And and we didn't even know he was coming. <laughs> and so so it was like, oh, hey Gary, what are how you? are you doing? Um, but he, it was it guys came in, um, 
guys donated. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure Laz Diaz, who was on the crew for that Field of Dreams game, um, gave a couple of his tickets to Chad uh, okay. Cooper. Yeah. Um, so there was definitely a connection there. Yeah. I think of Laz when he worked the plate in 2020 for the World Series. And, you know, that first strike call was Eric's mechanics and everything. And he did all of that. That's that's how closely knit these guys are to 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 lose one of their brothers like that is it, it, it's so there are no words to to describe it, um, yeah. you know, but but it shows you that. The, these guys care. I mean, geez, Gary driving down. I think he's in, is he in North Dakota? Is that where yeah. he is? And he drove and, all the way yeah. down to Iowa. Yep. You know, that's, that's, that's not next door. You know, one thing I have learned about umpires is that like no distance is too far. Yeah. Like things that I think about, like, Oh, a six hour drive or something. They're like, Oh, it's only six hours. I could do that. You know, so, like, that's, that's never- a minor league <laughs> trip for crying out loud. You know, right? exactly. That's- exactly. It, it blows my mind how like they're like, oh, my flight was canceled. I'll just drive from Miami to Boston. It's no big deal. Please, please. <laughs> that can be done in a weekend. You know, what's wrong with you people? It's getting what is this amateur night? You know, um, you know, the other thing is that and I, 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 I chuckle at this, but it's still it's the it's great. The number of of golf outings that that you guys do. I think I read on on gary darling's bio on your webpage that he feels most comfortable on the golf course so yes. so the the number of golf outings that you guys do and i am i cannot wait for for the covid restrictions to be over so that i can tell everybody yeah i know i have no gig right now but i am going to a golf outing for charity for umpires so don't don't judge me i'm I, <laughs> there's a reason i'm doing this uh talk to me about all the different golf outings that that you guys have done yeah i've become a lot more versed in golf yeah. uh, <laughs> um i i'm more of a putt-putt um that's level fair. myself that's, yeah you know and and sometimes bogey that so we've all um, been there <laughs> i still am i get it the, the guys love golf um for the most part um our biggest event every year is in january we have our golf classic um, in Arizona, it's usually timed when they have their annual meetings right. out in Arizona. And then we follow it up with our golf, uh, classic, but you're right. It, I think our lineup for this 2022 year has like five or six golf tournaments scheduled. Wow. Yeah. Um, Adrian Johnson hosts one every year in Houston okay. where he is from and where he still lives. And, um, that's been super successful trip. Gibson, Mike Malinsky, and Quinn Wolcott host one in the Seattle area. Mm-hmm. Um, Brennan Miller and Chris Siegel did one in in uh, the D.C. area, and I believe Tim Timmons is is putting one together in March in Florida. Okay. Um, so they if basically if we tell them that they can golf, they will fundraise <laughs> for Umscare. So it's it's a pretty good deal. Um, I, I, we, I loved, I loved, um, you know, when we did a top golf event, cause I think that's a little bit more, um, is easier for, for those who don't play all the time This is fair. To, to, yeah. to be able to, to participate, but yeah, we're game for anything, but the golf is and Gary. Yeah. He, he will golf. You give him a club. He'll, he will he'll do there. it. 
I think I think what we have just really learned is that when people donate money to OSIP, they now know that all of the money goes basically to our airfare and lodging for all of the UMS care <laughs> golf tournaments that we will be partaking in uh, as soon as COVID is over. So. Uh, but you are welcome to come yeah, anytime. We would please, love to have you. Please keep sending the checks, everybody. <laughs> okay. Um, b- b- before we wrap, is there it, I, the first thing I want to ask is, uh, are there any juicy stories about any umpires that you can legally share that they would otherwise not tell us? Probably of the retired guys, but I, but even if you know, if you want to tell us something dirty that Chris Siegel once said or something like that, I will totally I'll allow that. Um, is there anything that you would like to to share that's juicy now, so that we can we can make sure that we talk about it with someone else later? Ooh, I don't know. I already get, gave up uh, Jim Wolf. And yeah, out that's, there. and that's a big um, one. That's a big one. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of some other other good stories. Um, gosh, um, Laz is usually full of them. <laughs> I will say this, uh, Phil Cuzzy. Okay, yeah, from New Jersey. Phil, yep, Phil Cuzzy from New Jersey. He and I. Um, so my Cleveland roots, I, I love, there's a deli called Slyman's Deli. Okay. And if you aren't careful and you put your elbows on the table, you might stick to the table. It's oh, that okay. kind of place. Yep. And, um, and the sandwiches are huge, the corned beef. And Phil is always, anytime I email him or text him for anything, Slyman's comes up. So if you are in Cleveland and he is working a game, chances are you can find him there. Okay. So if, you're, if you're looking for a Phil Cuzzy autograph, that that is where you might be able to find him. So so breaking news here on this podcast, <laughs> Phil Cuzzy has stock in corned beef. Okay. <laughs> um, and and if anyone would like to donate any sort of uh, cleaner or goo removal to the <laughs> deli to get the tables to stop sticking. Um, that, that would be a gesture of kindness. And I will write the receipt for your tax write off. Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. It's a, it's a definitely a two, two meal sandwich. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I challenge accepted. I might try and make it three, you know, I might try (laughs) corned beef for breakfast at that point. Yeah. Is there anything else, Amy, that you would like listeners to know about Ump's care, how they donate, uh, things to look for in the future, anything that we can, that we can share to, to, to continue to spread the message. Well, I love that you're giving us this opportunity. Um, if folks want to go to umpscare.com, we always have our updates, check us out on social media. Um, I'm always, uh, posting and Mm -hmm. tweeting and liking. And I think the bottom line is just that our mantra is helping people is an easy call. Mm-hmm. And that is really what it's all about. Um, that these umpires, they really have found a connection with each other by giving back. And it's just a really neat organization, whether you're a, a youth baseball umpire or softball umpire or you know involved in the game at some level. Um, you can be involved. And yeah. these guys are, you know, they have done so much outreach and they really want to give back and they really care about the sport and about the community. And, and um, you know, we'd love to get more volunteers and, and folks engaged and learning about our programs. We do some um, special Zoom uh, 
evenings with our monthly donors um, as sort of a perk for them so they can ask questions to the umpires and and you know, really get the uh, the the guys uh, bust each other a little yeah. bit on those calls. So if you really want to find out the uh, the the down and dirty, uh, that's where you you can go. But um, but it's really they really at the end of the day they they just really hope to make a difference um, and make an impact in the community. That's and that's that's so good. You know, I the, I really hope that people understand that these umpires especially the major league guys, you know, you can, it's not that difficult to search a major league umpire's name and find something bad written about them. And mm-hmm. this is, this is the, the, the first step of many steps where I hope people realize that it's, it's not what you think. You may disagree with a call. You're probably wrong. Cause the call was probably correct. <laughs> um, and you know, and, and the, these, these guys and gals are uh, working their tails off behind the scenes to, uh, make a difference off the field as well. So uh, I, I encourage everybody to go to umpscare.com. Uh, you can donate there. You have every every bit of information you need is on that site and on social media. Uh, Amy, I cannot thank you enough for being here. We really appreciate it and uh, hope to talk to you again in the in the near future, whether that's uh, at a at a miniature golf outing or something <laughs> else where, you know, I'm just I'm just drinking and, and spending time with with idols. So <laughs> Well, we love having you as part of our crew. I hope that you can uh, work with our official leadership program the next time it comes to Philly. It was fantastic. And um, we just really appreciate your supporting us. I, I will be there with bells on. So, okay. <laughs> which, which are which is, you know, depending upon sl- supply chain issues with Amazon, I don't know what kind of bells they will be, <laughs> but they will be bells. So, uh, as a reminder to everybody, uh, osafoundation.org. Uh, podcast at osafoundation.org, facebook.com slash osafoundation, Twitter and Instagram at osafoundation, uh, hashtag how you play the game. Also select episodes on YouTube, apparel at Bonfire and book on Amazon now. Uh, Amy, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, We will talk to everybody again in just a few short weeks. And until then, please everybody treat each other with respect. How You Play the Game is a production of the OSA Foundation Incorporated. The producer-engineer of this episode is Sean Ryan. Music by SoundSpring Studio. The executive producer of How You Play the Game is Jack Furlong. For more information, visit osafoundation.org.